episode 35 of the rock and roll and coffee show with joe and nick tonight's guest we have tattoo artist greg james on the show yeah and he's even uh tattooed you right he did do my tattoos he did my whole sleeve that i have nice um always getting compliments on this thing yeah, he's also done uh, a lot of celebrities too uh ozzy vince neal mcmars all a uh, bunch of people yeah all the guys from the crew extreme extreme Brad, Newton, yeah charlie sheen all kinds of them so we're going to talk to greg about tattooing and uh see what he's been up to cool in the, in the meantime though if you're liking the show, please don't forget to go over to Instagram and follow us at R&R Coffee Show. You can also find us on Facebook. Right now, we're going to give Greg a call. Hello? Greg. Hey, Joe. What's going on, buddy? Can you hear me? I can, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't see the text. I, I was done working at 5.30, so. No worries. You know, you know why you didn't see that text? Uh-huh. He had the he had the wrong number. I had the wrong oh. number. <laughs> oh, okay, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had I when I typed it in my phone, I had one number off. Oh, okay. So so well, some, that makes perfect sense. Did, did you uh, get the pictures I emailed or? Uh, I haven't checked my email. When did you send them today? Oh, last night. Uh, I'll check. If I don't okay. get them, I'll let you know. Okay, cool. But yeah, someone out there is getting a text right now saying, "What in the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> so <it's> this guy. <laughs> How you been, man? Oh, uh, you know, up and down, up and down. When the COVID first hit, I was trying to be good and close up shop, and and I kind of found out people were kind of working underground. And I said, well, I could do a couple appointments, maybe. Uh-huh. And then they opened us for about a week, and then they closed us, and then they just recently opened us for appointment only. But I only got one guy working here now, and and he had car trouble, so I haven't seen him in two weeks. So. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, geez. oh, I got yeah. I got a uh, Nick. Nick is on with me too. Nick, meet Greg. Greg. Yeah. Hey, how how you doing, Greg? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm <laughs> pretty good. Doing so, good. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what is um? Last time I spoke to you, things weren't so good out there. No, they're uh, they're actually getting worse now. The governor just issued a doesn't want people to get together for Thanksgiving and they're all the governors, uh, the governor of California and Portland and Washington don't want people to travel in or out of their, their, their state. And yeah, it's looking a little grim right now. Yeah. They're going, they're, yeah. They're going crazy now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and my, my wife and I, we bought tickets to go see up in Seattle to see my daughter. I haven't seen her in about two years. And so now we're kind of torn with, should we just go? And I mean, my wife gets tested every week and I don't know anybody. I'm really careful. I just do a tattoo and go home. Right. So I don't, I don't know. I'm just not, I think we're going to go anyway. And we're just going to glove up and, you know, mask up and bundle up and just go, you know? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Well, I, I heard, I haven't been on a plane since all this started, but I know some people that have, and they said the planes are probably the cleanest they've ever seen them. You know, my, I have had two clients, one flew in for San Francisco, one flew in for Maryland for two days. He said the airplane was like brand new and it was like 30%. Like there was nobody on the plane hardly. So, yeah. So you might be okay there. I think now, so, now, if you if you, if you travel, are they going to make you quarantine for a certain amount of time when you get there? Well, they're or asking you get back? people to. I don't know if it's yeah. mandatory. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how but, uh, how would they enforce it? Too? Just her, yeah. her, 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 you know, her and her fiance were not even planning on going outside or anything. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just interesting. It's just so cuckoo. Everybody's doing something <laughs> different and. Nobody really has any real answers or, you know, plans, seems like. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens, I guess. I mean, what are you going to do, right? Yeah. No. You gotta, still got to live life. I mean, yeah. Yeah. What's the alternative? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's even more fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're, you're the only one tattooing right now, then? Yeah. Just me. Okay. And the other guys are not there because of why? Because of this whole thing or... Well, a little bit, but I had I kind of had problems with 
I had two other guys working, and well, I have three all together. I only got one now because I had problems with the other two, and I kind of let them go in February, mm-hmm. and the other one like right after Christmas. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. it's been slow out here anyway, you know. Yeah, I'm sure right now. Yeah, probably nobody wants tattoos right now, you know. Uh, you know, I'm like, all my clients want to come in, you know, they got unfinished work and, and they're being really cool, wearing a mask, yeah. you know, doing really right. And uh, it's just a weird deal, you know. Mm-hmm. I actually was going to close the shop on September 1st. I told the landlord, I gave him 30 days. I and remember. the day before, he came to me and said, you know, just give me what you can and hang out until I lease the place. Then you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know. Right. He made it. He made it really easy. So, 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 are but, you going to stay there, or are you still planning on leaving there? No, he he's talking like around the first year he's going to read a, you know talk about rent again, and you know he's he's thinking he, he wants to ask. I was paying thirty four. He's thinking he wants to ask three thousand, uh-huh. and nobody working. I can't afford that, so I'm right. probably going to go and then Jojo. Uh, over at 10,000 ways was really kind to offer me a spot to do my appointment. So it's, that's going to be so much less stress. It was easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm kind of done with the shop thing. It's just been a disaster the last eight years. It's yeah. not finding anybody good to work. And then you find somebody good. They don't stay. And it's been you know really rough. Sure. Well, I could yeah. imagine <laughs> that would be hard to find a really good tattoo artist. Yeah. I mean, they're all, they all have their either they have their own clientele and they're working in a private studio or they've been established in a shop and they like it there and they don't want to leave. So mm-hmm. the only people that sort of been applying are all these kids that are like scratchers and want to learn and right. you know, I'm not interested, you know. It's like yeah. much hassle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I remember when I first met you, when I came in to see you, you were over at a uh, Sunset Strip. Yeah. Yeah, I was there 28 years. <laughs> yeah, is that where you started? No, I started with my brother, Tennessee Dave. Okay. Um, I started 76, working out of his shop. Well, how old were you then? When uh, you I first just turned started? 21. Okay. When did... Uh, um, and how long did how you... Long... Go ahead, Nick. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, how, how, how long do you usually have to do... Uh, don't you have to do an apprenticeship? Uh, how, long do you, how, long, how long is that? Well, with my brother, it was like I, I tattooed a, a wino for like a week straight. And he goes, You're ready to go. And that was my apprenticeship. Oh, wow. And I worked for my brother, and he had a shop out in East LA. And I worked out there for about, mm, I can't remember. Um, kind of learned that fine line, cholo gangster stuff, you know. Yeah. And but I, what I really was into the Japanese stuff and doing some stuff and drawings and and uh, I I went to Cliff Raven and I said, look, man, you know, if you think I'm good enough, I'd like to work for you and learn. And he said, sure, you know. And that was in 1985. That's when you started at Sunset. That's, yeah. Okay. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I mean, what was that scene like? Well, we're just coming off the age thing, so it was a little little slow, but the rock stars started getting tattooed, like Motley Crue was coming in, Guns N' Roses. So it was really exciting because then all these kids were coming to LA, wanted to be rock stars, and they had to get tattooed. Right. And we were like busy. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't like 300 shops around. There's like maybe 10, you uh-huh. know? Right. So we were busy, we, you know, really good. Do you, do you, you know, the first, the first part of 85 was pretty slow. I mean, I, I remember going a week or sometimes two without doing a tattoo. And towards around the end, like the summer of 86, that's when everything kind of just blew up. Everybody decided that, you know, AIDS was under control or something, and they started getting tattooed again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, um, do you remember the first, uh, I don't know, famous person, I guess you would say, rock star that you tattooed? I, I, I'll never forget it. It was Joan Jett. Really, Joan? Oh, cool. Nice. Whoa, whoa. It was hot. The shop was hot as summer. And uh, she just stripped down, laid on the table, and I did a little jet, pink jet airplane down by her, her down under there. <laughs> 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 she was so cool. She just was comfortable. And then all the other runaways come in and got tattooed. And, um, 
she sent me autographed pictures and I'm like, wow, this is what, this is what tattooing could be like. Wow. <laughs> Not knowing what your future would hold for you. Not really. I just <laughs> tried to work hard and, you know, and then Robert bought the shop. Robert Benedetti bought the shop from Cliff and he kept me on. And then I learned a lot from him too. He was pretty amazing uh-huh. uh, in, a, in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and then he sort of started, when I, after, uh, I think it was like around the end of the 80s, he, he just retired. He quit tattooing, you know. Mm-hmm. The shop was making a ton of money. We had seven, maybe eight people working there. And uh, he was just living the life, you know. He didn't have to tattoo anymore. Right, right. He didn't want to, really. <laughs> it's so right. funny. So, but, um, let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's go back to, I mean, I guess your beginning um, were you, when you were a kid, were you, did you draw a lot? I mean, were you always doodling around or what, what got you yeah. started into that? Well, I, there was this series of comic books out there, like hot rod cars. It's kind of like a freak brothers thing, you know, but they're all about like hot rod cars. And I was always in the car. So I was drawing all these hot rods and stuff. And then, you know, my brother Dave encouraged me and he was getting, coming home with tattoos all the time. And, just you know fast forward when i was 20 well i came out to live with my brother for about a year when i was 14 my parents were moving across country from illinois to arizona and so they sent me out to live with my brother for about a year and i think it was like the third night i was here he had started having me make needles and you know cutting stencils and building machines and you know pretty much make me work for my keep you know right right. (laughs) yeah and I started started doing a couple of tattoos of myself on my on my leg, you know. And he was off taking a nap. I grabbed one of the machines and tattooed myself with it. <laughs> Yourself? What's, yeah. What's that like? Then, well, it's weird because it hurts. But <laughs> it's like doing your own dental work. <laughs> if you if you pull back to make it not hurt as much, you know that's not good. And then you, you go harder to make it like you. It's kind of like weird. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> huh. You know. So, so, so you started doing that and then what happened? Well, then, uh, I was, like I said, I lived with my brother for a year. Then I went to back to Arizona to finish school. You know, when I got out of high school, I worked, uh, as an automotive machinist. I got this guy I bet he had a shop. They taught me machine work and we were into race cars and all that stuff. And we kind of had a falling out and my brother was always telling me, God, we're so busy out here. You should come out and tattoo. You'll make, or I was making like three bucks an hour, you know? Right. And, uh, he said, you'll, you'll make more money in one week, week in tattooing than you'll make in like six months in Arizona. So, uh, right around my 20th birthday, I came out here and he just put me to work. Were you nervous doing your first one? Oh yeah. We had this guy, we called him, uh, called him Robert Burns after a cigar because we didn't know his real name. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just a stinky old wino, man. And, and I go, hey, Robert, man, you want some tattoos for free? And he's like, sure. So I carved him up for a week, man. He's just a mass of scabs. <laughs> that's how I broke in. That's how I learned. And my brother was like, he goes, he didn't even say anything. He just like, here's a machine, put the stencil on a tattoo. I'm like, okay. <laughs> just like that, huh? Yeah, we were getting, and then I literally did that for a week, and then I was working for money, you know. I probably made quite a few mistakes in the beginning, <laughs> but um, we're, we're tattooing a lot of uh, service guys from Camp Pendleton. You know, they're got uh-huh. the liberty before they're off to Vietnam and shit, so, um, or whatever they were going, they're ready to kill somebody somewhere. Right. <laughs> and I, I still remember doing them bulldogs and stuff. Man, they're so fun. Yeah, and some of these kids were like from bumfuck Mississippi and shit, and they thought the drag queens were the prettiest things on the street. You know, they had no idea. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. And then we had uh, my brother and his partner had a shop in Long Beach, and uh, ended up getting three shops down on the Pike down there. So we would go on the weekends. We would open up the shop on Fifth and Main. It like uh, oh like nine a.m. and we'd work till four. And then we'd drive down to Long Beach to tattoo one of the shops in Long Beach till like oh sometimes two, three, four in the morning. Wow, 
That's there's one shop on the pike that had, I think on a Friday night, one time we had 11 guys working and we, we just tattooed every minute. Like, couldn't even take a break for a sandwich. There's so much business. That's got to give you a stiff neck, huh? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Hard on the eye. So, yeah, it went through a lot of changes. It, you know, and then everything was kind of pretty the same everywhere. You know, there were shops that are really busy. And there were, like I said, there's, I think there was, uh, you know, Sunset. There was Pinky's Daughter Shop up on Hollywood Boulevard and Bob Roberts place over on Melrose. And that was it, you know, and um, I, I think what changed it was when these, the, the magazine started publishing, the tattoo magazines. Yeah. That, that kind of blew us up. You know, the guys that were doing nice work started getting really busy. I, I think at one point I was booked for about six or seven months, you know. Wow. And what kind of killed it all for everybody was the, the shows, the tattoo shows because then everybody and their brother was buying equipment off of ebay and tattooing their friends and open up shops you know right now is, is, is there um, like mm-hmm. is there do you have to have any kind of license or anything to open up a tattoo shop or you can just open one up you didn't have to up until a few years ago then the health department stepped in and um if you're an established tattoo shop and you paid their permit fee and did the bloodborne pathogen training, you could get a permit and then you're allowed to work. But you couldn't like the shop owner, if he closed his shop, there's a whole big there's a whole thing cost about five grand now to open a new shop mm-hmm. with the health department. Mm-hmm. So um most of these shops that are running now are all opened up before those rules. Right, right. So those rules only been around for a few years now. Okay. How different is it? tattooing or basically drawing on skin than say paper i mean is there the techniques and shading techniques and all that's got to be different right well i learned a method from cliff raven i use a a q-tip with some diluted black and i kind of rough out an idea on the skin and then i take another q-tip with a little soap and water alcohol start to polish that and then i get a paintbrush and i dip it in hectograph ink and then i create is designed that way if the hectograph stays on good enough where you don't have to worry about messing it up you know uh-huh. kind of the same way you guys use markers now uh-huh. and um for some instances that's really a good way to make a design fit the body well mm-hmm. and so i do almost do almost all my backgrounds that way you know i'll have a like say i'm doing a koi well i have the koi drawn up in stencil and then I put the koi on and i draw the water or the cherry blossoms or whatever you know ways and, and uh that way I, I just kind of create it every time it's always the same but a little different right you know, it keeps evolving and then you can make things fit like stuff go around the elbow properly or you know yeah and, I, re- uh, I remember when you when you did my sleeve you um you were placing it different areas i guess to get the, the uh-huh. you know the form of my arm i guess where it would sit the uh-huh. best is that what you're doing exactly i want to get the subject matter like looking proper and then i make the background fit all that and the arm you know yeah that's awesome yeah joe was telling me he was he was crying when he was doing his wrist and his elbow oh yeah <laughs> Greg, he's lying to you right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you were sniffling before. You were crying. <laughs> you weren't there, Nick. Greg was there. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I've had one cuckoo lady, maybe two, two cuckoo ladies in my career that were totally losing their shit getting tattooed. <laughs> so, one of them was on heavy medications from the doctor and had a nurse with her which I didn't know any of that because her name was similar to another customer's name. So when I booked the appointment, I thought it was that person. Oh, geez. And then this, this like largely overweight woman with a fucking oxygen tank and oh, two, two nurses come in and I, I did about a quarter of an inch of a line and she fucking <laughs> lost her shit, man. She started sucking down oxygen and like, Oh, I need a break. Do you have a fan? Do you need to put a fan on me? Oh, so man. this fucking half hour tattoo took me like six fucking hours. Oh wow! Because <laughs> you had to keep stopping. <laughs> yeah, I got to a point where I was so irritated. I go, look, I, I understand, but 
you want this tattoo or you don't you? Like, I'm about ready to be done. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're crying. I want it. I want it. I want it. You know, okay. You can't do anything anymore except sit here and be quiet and let me finish this tattoo. <laughs> and then somehow she pulled it together and I finished the goddamn thing. And then a month later, she had the nerve to ask me for another tattoo. Oh, and no. I said, I, nope. go, I, I can't go through that again. Yeah. I go, I almost quit tattooing because of you. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it was wild, man. My, my guy, Chris Bass, that was working here, he was my apprentice. And uh, he'd been tattooing for quite a few years at that point. He, he just like the next day goes, I don't know how you got through that. I, said, I don't know either. You know, this was the weirdest thing ever. That's funny. I, I remember Chris. He was, I think, when I was coming down there, driving down from uh-huh. Bakersfield, he was just starting. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, well, I got the shop in late 2012 mm-hmm. and he was right there at the beginning uh helping me paint and i was trading him labor his labor for my teaching him how to tattoo yeah and he he just turned out really good you know and then i had this guy uh i don't know do you know bugs at all no when i was there it was uh you chris was just starting uh noah i think was there and Noah, your yeah. son was there david oh right yeah so I don't know what it was. I thought Bugs and I were friends. I was kind of letting him do his appointment shop for like, like hardly any money. And then one day, I, Krista says, I don't, I don't feel like I want to be here anymore. I'm like, so I know it was Bugs telling him that he's too good to be here and he doesn't need to work for me and all this stuff, you know? Mm. So that was kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah. Is he still doing it? Oh, Chris. Yeah. yeah. I think he works at a place called Oak and Poppy now down, uh, um, Ventura somewhere like oh uh, I don't know like Encino or something but yeah I I hear it's a nice shop and hmm. then Bugs Bugs is no longer here <laughs> no <laughs> but and then yeah Noah got to be so terrible I, I was gonna fire him around Christmas last year but I let him stay oh and man he quit and they quit on me the week after Christmas like damn I didn't get to fire you <laughs> yeah that's too bad. Yeah, so it's just been a little unlucky for me, I guess. I don't, maybe I'm just not cut out to run a shop, you know? Like, maybe I'm just not a good boss or whatever it is, but I just never be able to keep anybody that's worth a shit, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there could be many reasons why people don't <laughs> stay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Sure. But I do know that you're one fantastic tattoo artist, and I'll tell you, I'm over in South Carolina now. I don't know if you remember that. But, oh, okay. But, uh, Probably at least once a week, someone will make a comment about my tattoos. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. That makes my day, you know. They, they, they mention the vibrant colors. And a lot of times, you don't know how many times I've heard this, but I'll be told, you're not from around here, are you? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no. Why, why do you say that? And they say, because you can't get tattoo work like that around here. Well, that's where I'm moving then. <laughs> yeah. Go there, dude. You'll make a killing out here, I'm sure. But. Yeah, about well, it's going on two years now. My son, he decided he wanted to go shoot guns and be a gunsmith. So, really? I have a good friend in Virginia, in Chesapeake, that's an amazing gunsmith. So, he went to go live with them for a while and learned, kind of learned that trade. Wow! And he's been doing pretty good. At it. He's been doing shooting, you know, the three gun matches and stuff, and he's been, been doing really well with that. So. Hmm. Um, I don't know. At some point, my wife wants to get out of California. California is just the politics and everything. Just it's there's so many problems out here right now. It's just ridiculous. You yeah. Know? So if the housing prices stay high, I think we're moving out east. I'm thinking about North Carolina, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you ever come out this way, let me know. We'll hook up. I can. Uh, oh, for show, sure. Show you That'd some be places. great. Um, yeah, we we would have been out there already, but the COVID hit. You know. So yeah. We gotta yeah. go go look around before we make that commitment you know sure do you ever do um i don't know traveling tattoos like fly to somebody is that something you can do or I, no? I, yeah i i've done that like i i used to do a couple conventions on the east coast and then my friend dana is in cincinnati i used to let me come to his shop like anytime i want you know so i used to go there mm-hmm. and then i had this really wealthy guy that started getting tattooed he when he was God, he was almost 60 when I started him. And I did a whole 
like above any Japanese bodysuit on him. At 60. And, yeah. And wow. uh, this dude was so wealthy. You know, he was at Winston-Salem and he would fly me out. I would stay at his house and I'd tattoo him for a week sometimes, like a whole week, like work on one part one day, one, another part another. And then he would come out like two, three times a year to, to LA and stay in a hotel and then get a week worth of tattooing that way. I did a whole bodysuit in about two and a half years. Hmm. Man. It usually takes about seven if somebody's into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But he could afford it, so that made it easy, you know? And uh, it was interesting. Yeah. So let's go back to um, let's go back to the eighties because I there's has to be all kinds of stories. Ooh. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> if you can get I'm into them, think of some though. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you've um, tattooed every you know all kinds of rock stars and actors and actresses, the guys in Motley, Guns and Roses, like you said, Ozzy. Well, the Motley guys, I got to be pretty good friends with Nicky. You know, he mm-hmm. he got a lot of work from me. And I, I tattooed all of them at one point or another. And but Nikki kind of liked me to come to his house, you know, on like the weekend and like on a Saturday or something. Mm-hmm. So I just bring my stuff out there. And so I'd bring my kids, let them swim in the pool, you know. He'd make us dinner and stuff. You know, it was like it was pretty cool. Yeah. And they took me on tour once, and then they're up recording in Vancouver. They brought me up there for two weeks up there. Yeah, so that was really interesting, you know. Uh, doing that, something I never did. Tell me, tell me about that, because I remember hearing about that. That was that the Doctor Feelgood recordings. Uh, right after that, I mean, I was already tattooing Nikki before that, and uh, going to his house to tattoo him. But when Vince left the band, um, they got the guy John Karabi, and they wanted to do an album, and they wanted to spend a lot of money on it because there's something to do with the record company. Mm-hmm. So Bob Bob Rock was going to produce it and engineer it so they just took the whole band up to vancouver up there for like i don't know a few months i think and did the record up there and they're like we're so bored we're gonna like go crazy you gotta come up and tattoo us (laughs) (laughs) in-house tattoo artist (laughs) yeah so i had this really nice room in this nice hotel and we turned it into a tattoo shop (laughs) nice (laughs) it was crazy so when they're in recording, did you go in there with them or did you just oh, yeah. do your own thing? I, I hug with them every day, like, you know, unless I didn't want to go, but I could go every day and just watch them actually make the record, how, how it was made. And the studio Aerosmith was there, so I got to meet those guys. Nice. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was really, really interesting, you know, yeah. it's right, it's wintertime, right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, in Canada? Cold outside, you know, and snow and wet and interesting out there you know like they would have all these Hare Krishnas outside the drugstore and the manager would send out a little checker girl like about 16 and asked them to politely move down the street a little ways (laughs) 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 what um with Ozzy did you what tattoos did you do for him did you do any of the ones that we would recognize you know no not at all it was very strange Robert Benedetti did most of the big stuff, like the, the demon on his chest, and um, you know the bat on his other, and the what else? I forget what he's got. But all I did on him, I put the word "thanks" on the inside of his left hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's all thanks. I did. He came thanks. in like he'd always come in like he he's just, he would escape from Sharon and he'd have <laughs> a little entourage with him, and he would come to the tattoo shop and he'd lock himself in the bathroom till midnight. When everybody left, you know, we'd kick everybody out, and then he would come out and get tattooed. And he just came in, and one particular night, I was there by myself. Robert wasn't there, and he wanted me to do this big thing on his leg. And I said, "Dude, we're going to be here all night." And he's like, oh, "I'll just put thanks on my hand." Then. Okay, like, <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty cuckoo. Yeah, that. Thank. Did he cry? No, he, he's <laughs> a really sweet guy. He really was a like a really kind, caring person. You can yeah. just tell. But he's just whacked out on coke all the time. Yeah, yeah. He said, I think he had a like a baby food jar with a full coke. I think. Oh really? Wow. Well, <laughs> he sat in that little bathroom the whole time. Well, he would come in right before we closed. You know. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't too bad. He, just, he didn't want to interact with the public. One time, Robert was tattooing him, and something came on the radio about Black Sabbath. So he 
uh, Ozzy himself called down the radio station <laughs> trying to get him to play more Black Sabbath or something. And the DJ, he, he finally figured out, he asked a couple questions that really was Ozzy. And then he put it on the air. And next thing you know, we had the sheriffs. We had like a riot outside. We had like a thousand people showed up to the tattoo shop. Oh, because they knew he was there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The DJ's like, what are you, what are you doing, Ozzy? He's like, I'm down at Sunset Strip Tattoo getting tattooed. <laughs> he said that on the air. And they're like, people that, we, we had the door locked. But man, there was just a ton of people outside. And oh, the sheriffs man. came and made them all go away and stuff. It was yeah. funny. Well, that was a place to be in the 80s, right? Sunset Strip Tattoo. It it was. I mean, it had a lot of history. There was some little magic there that uh, everybody wanted to get tattooed there for some reason. Yeah. But, yeah. That's awesome. But the only other person that had probably interesting stories was Charlie Sheen. He came Charlie. in one night with... Uh, uh, Nick Cage and they're both their stuntmen and a couple other people. They're they out a little partying and they all wanted the same little tattoo. And uh, so that like went on all night. And then from then on, Charlie would just, he'd want to get something crazy. And he'd just have me come to his house like at midnight. And then I'd be there all night till early morning. Just tattooing. Yeah. Or, well, talking about the tattoo for like six hours and then do the little tattoo. <laughs> but yeah, that dude, I've never seen anybody could go hard like him, man. He, uh, he's yeah. He, he's amazing. <laughs> you still in touch with Charlie? I know you were when I used to come down there, but are you still in touch with him? Not so much anymore since the whole, you know, he got sober and mm-hmm. you know, um, the whole HIV thing mm-hmm. he just kind of, I I, I don't know if he regrets his tattoos because he got them all when he was partying, but yeah, I guess he doesn't feel the need to get tattooed anymore. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, what would you say is probably the tattoo that you remember the most that I did on him on anybody? Oh, anybody? Oh, God! Ah, you know, forty years. There's a lot of tattoos. You know, yeah, is there any that really stand out to you that you really I think remember? Some of the stuff- Actually, the, the stuff that I've been doing lately in the last couple of years is probably, I guess it's my best work because it just, it feels like I'm in a place where it's just so comfortable now that, you know, it's not a lot of stress, you know, it's, uh, everything just kind of seems to start to flow now, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cr- wild tech. I did a whole transformer on a guy's back as a back piece. A whole transformer? Yeah, like the... What's it, Optimus Prime? Yeah, and then he somehow he got the guy who draws that that cartoon character or whatever uh-huh. to to draw the background for us. So, oh wow! So I just traced it and put it on him. But that was like a, a over a year to doing that transfer because it's like it's a big guy. The thing went like his head was got by his neck and one of the transformers foot is like on his ass. You know that's how big it was. Huh. It's cool though. Yeah, he must really like Transformers. <laughs> He's one of those guys that are into the whole fantasy, you know. Like he would for Halloween, he spend like two grand on a costume, you know, to be like the Joker or something. Right. That kind of guy. So Nick's into it's, fantasies it's, too, but he's into like these <laughs> uniforms and stuff. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> uh, saying, my favorite saying: Sometimes I finish a tattoo, and the guy will say something. And I said, "Well, you could just had a balloon." You know, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm but, looking at this one piece that you did. It's um, it says it's a custom Japanese back piece, and the colors are so vibrant. Is it hard to get the colors that vibrant? I mean, because they're no. I mean, I mean it's I beautiful. Try to make my own color, so yeah, it really thick, and then I I I push it in like I, I set up my machine so it has this crazy about a stroke and it runs where it stalls at the skin uh-huh and as you just real methodic it's not like super slow but not really try to blast it in there you could just put it in there like the japanese like by hand you know uh, you're right yeah and, uh, I, that's how i figured it out and i i mixed the ink like a little thicker you know uh-huh. not so watery because when it's really watery you, you know the first little bit is okay and then the, you know the skin 
uh, some fluid comes out of the skin. And next thing you know, your ink is even more watered down. And then, you know, you're not really getting any, any uh, you know, when you, when you make this ink really like heavy, you actually got a lot of pigment there to put in. And then right, after it yeah. kills, it just starts concentrating, you know. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you everything I've seen you that you do is your colors are amazing. Well, that's I just kind of attributed to that, you know. And uh, my brother, you know, when he, I guess, when he was teaching me, <laughs> he always used these flat shaders, and they're always spread out a little bit. And for some reason, when the needles aren't all the stacked really tight next to each other, you can, you just can get it in there better without using a lot of power. Uh-huh. Like some of these big magnums to get solid color, you gotta turn that power up, man. You just gotta pound it in there. And I don't like to do that because it just it doesn't give me the opportunity to blend colors, you know. You just the skin would be too beat up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember getting so, tattoo. I mean, yours were real gentle. Like it, it there was not much pain there at all from you. Um it's different artists have is it what they have heavier hands or something or what makes i, I think it's the technique what, what i learned from getting tattooed myself is that the, the needle only hurts when it first touches the skin so if, if you, you you touch if you gradually push the needle to skin and leave it in there not go in and out all the time you, you're not going to get that uh working your nervous system and all the trauma, you know, some guys just kind of pound into you, you know, yeah. they, they hit that skin hard right at the beginning and then they pull it out and they hit it back again. And that, that just works every nerve on you. They you know, tear those like, nerves up. Kind, yeah. of, kind of airplane it in there and it's the shoulder and the needle that actually puts the color in, not the points, you know? Mm -hmm. So once you get that point in there, the shoulder working the skin, there's the pain is all, you know, way less, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's just something I learned by myself. Just kind of figured it out. I guess that's one of the benefits of tattooing your leg. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you see that, Nick? It's well, not going to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just like tattooing yourself, would you, if you just try to barely touch the skin, it's always sharp feeling. When yeah. you bash that needle down in there, it's less sharp because most of the nerves are like towards the surface. Right. So kind of get past that a little bit. You know, then you got it in there. You got to get it in there pretty deep for it to be bright and solid, you know? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. If you just take like a bunch of watery ink, it, it looks, and you attach it real shallow in the skin, it looks solid, but after six months, it's kind of not there anymore. It kind of falls out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the body wants to get rid of it anyway, you know, but so you got to get it into a point where the body decides uh, that it has to keep it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, um, tell me about that octopus tattoo. Ah, okay. <laughs> Nick, well, her, do Nick doesn't know about this tattoo. Okay. Well, her name is Deja Morgan, and um, her boyfriend or whatever, uh, his name's Chet, and he, he, uh, how do I explain it? He, had, he had actually had Deja and this other girl there, both his girlfriends. And they were, they were uh, girlfriend and girlfriend as well. So it's, the situation arose. And he's kind of like, I think I could make money with this, you know? So they invented this anal ring toss game, and they started doing bachelor parties. And I actually went to a few, and they were so <laughs> much fun. It's so amazing. So anal, anyway, I, anal ring toss. Yeah, they have a little dildo with a stick to attached to it. And then you kind of, like the old carnal days, you stand back with a little wooden ring. Yeah. And you try to toss it, get it on the stick. You know, and if you do, you get a t-shirt, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, a lot more shit than that. But yeah. So I, I was tattooing Chet for a long time. And then Deja, she only had like one little kind of traditional tattoo on her arm. She wanted to get more. And then they got pretty famous at what they're doing. And then they got, uh, the one girl, she retired. She was kind of getting a little older. And so Daisy got another girlfriend that does the shows now. And a lot of people were kind of copying her, you know, they, they moved to Vegas because it's just a lot easier to do the bachelor parties there. Yeah. And, um, so a lot of people were kind of copying her, you know, and she was dancing in clubs too. 
And so she came up with this idea. She said, I want this octopus, like, basically, as part of my ass, you know. I said, oh, that's going to be stupid. People are going to make fun of you and all this and that. We talked about it for about a year, back and forth, back and forth. I finally said, I go, if you want to really commit and spend the money and spend the time to do it nice, I'll do it. And she said, I'm down. And that's how it all happened. And so far, I think I've seen five people copy that design. Really? And do it really badly. <laughs> oh, man. And I just got an email last week from a gay guy in Florida who wanted me to do it on him. I said, no offense. I don't care if you're gay or not gay or girl or boy. I'm not doing that tattoo ever on anybody else. You know, right. that's just how it is. But wow. uh, who would have yeah, thought that would have been she, so popular? She's really nice. She's really sweet. You would. She's not like a, a slutty porn chick or nothing. She's just they enjoy what they're doing, and she likes her girlfriend and she likes her boyfriend, and, and they're making good money and they're happy. You know, yeah. no big deal. Nick, you got you uh, got to look that tattoo up. Okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing. Octopus tattoo. Octo booty. Yeah. Octo booty. Octo booty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it was done well, and, and she sat good, and she would, they would come out to Vegas once a month for two days, and uh, I forget. I think it took about forty hours, maybe fifty hours to do it. Uh huh. Man, that's crazy. So it wasn't wasn't no like half-ass job, you know? No, I, I know. I remember it. seeing it. What um. Is that is there any certain area like the ass or anywhere on the body that's harder to tattoo than the others? Not really. I mean, the only part no. that's actually like physically hard to do is somebody's cock. It's just really hard to do that. <laughs> I <laughs> bet you know, that's gotta hurt. You gotta, you gotta stretch the hell out of it to make anything go in, and then it hurts like a fucker. And you know, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Why would anybody want to do that? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, the, the, most of the guys that I've done it on, they have like full body suits and stuff. And it just, to them, it looks odd not being tattooed. A lot of the Japanese tattoo artists tattoo their penises. Really? Yeah. If you look up that old, one of the first books on Japanese tattooing called the Japanese Tattoo. Uh -huh. um, there's two, I think, Horiyoshi one and another tattoo artist. They have their penises tattooed like turtles. Turtles? Yeah, I guess like the turtle is a symbol of longevity and, and sort of uh, fertility or something. Or, wow. Or strength, I don't know. But, huh. So thought? it's very common for Yakuza and a lot of Japanese tattooists to tattoo their penis. Wow. So you learned something, Nick. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's difficult, but... All the, all the ones I've done, I've done a couple just because some guy's cuckoo or I, I did a Japanese character on this young guy's dick because his friends bet him he wouldn't do it like 500 bucks or something. So I guess he needed 500 bucks. So he did it. Did you charge him 500 bucks? I think it was like 200 <laughs> bucks, like, like a 10 minute tattoo or something. <laughs> It wasn't a handling charge. It's just because it was so fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has there been a... But yeah, I don't have a problem. If somebody's got a valid reason for something, I I, I think you, you should do it. But if some kid says, oh, I want my, you know, a big fucking baseball on my cheek, I'm like, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, you I was. Know? well, I was just going to ask, has there ever been a tattoo that you've turned down that you said, no, I'm not doing it? Pretty much everything on the face. I, yeah. I don't even hardly do necks unless I've tattooed the person for a long time. Uh huh. Okay. It's just I just think it's antisocial, you know, because they're just doing it for shock value. You know, yeah. Just want, right. Want yeah. Shocking and, and it's just. I mean, there's so many people that have all these ideas about what tattooing should be, and then here comes a like a 27 year old with a with a big spider tattooed on his face. You know, they're like. That's what these guys are doing now. We should get rid of these tattoo guys. They're just fucking people up. You know? Yeah, yeah. It looks it looks bad for us. Like we're idiots. Like we're out of control. And then it's like people yeah. can't not see it. You know what I mean? That you know, you're in a grocery store and you turn around. And there's a guy with a something on his eyeball or something. You're like, yeah, that's weird. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, do you think tattoos are more accepted now than um, in the past? You know, I think they're they're tolerated a lot more. They're more mainstream. Um, the people that have brains know more about tattooing now, so they're 
it's not scary to them or odd, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's where you draw the line. When people, somebody's got his whole face tattooed. The average person doesn't know how to react to that because yeah. that's all they can see. They can't get past that and see who the person is, you know? Right. But if you got sleeves and you know, you're acting like an appropriate manner, people can look at that, just look at the artwork and, ask you questions like that instead of like, what's your problem? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a lot more popular, but uh, interesting that's happened in the last five or six years is the young people like the millennials, they're getting tattoos like outlines and things like that. Little intricate things that you could tell what it is from six feet away. And my theory, this is just a guess is that they want tattoos, but they don't want to look tattooed. They don't have a big, colorful Japanese sleeve, you know, because huh. it's too, too out there for them, you know. But it's like uh, it's like somebody that doesn't smoke unless he's with his friends who are smoking. You know, right. have a cigarette, you know. So a lot of these young people got tattoos because they think they're cool. And the TV shows made it so where you can't get a tattoo unless it has a meaning, you know, like right. the Cat Von D show. Like everybody had a sad story. That's why. Yeah. Tattoo, right? You know, right. And that's not what tattooing really is all about. But yeah, it's influenced a tremendous amount of people into thinking that they can't get a Tweety Bird because it doesn't have a meaning. You know, right, right. Was but, it? You know, back in the, you know, back in the early days of tattooing, something I figured out is people don't get tattooed when they get tattooed. the The biggest reason they get tattooed is for that moment. Something changed in their life, like they just turned eighteen, or they just got a good job or they just got divorced there's something there that sort of made it like this is the time to get my tattoo you know yeah and a lot of times it didn't matter to them at that point what they got could have been a 70 sam or a, a peacock you know it just didn't matter just you know they, a lot of times they come in they wouldn't even know what they want that's why we had flash because mm-hmm. just pick something we'll put it on you you know and then they'd have to look at the walls and find something they thought they could live with you know yeah but then all that changed with the, with the TV shows and the Ink Master and it all became all this other thing than what tattooing really isn't, you know? Yeah. Tattooing is right. about doing something for yourself, you know, being basically being an individual, not like the rest of everybody in the world, you know? Yeah. And somehow those shows have just changed it, you know? Right. Now, now Cat Shop was right not far from where you were at Sunset Strip. Not far at all. Maybe about four or five blocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did that yeah. when that show became popular? Did you see a decline at your shop where people wanting to go to that shop? No. Um, most of the people that came to our shop didn't want to go to that shop because they knew it was all about celebrity tattooers and yeah. all that. But that guy that I was tattooing, that rich guy that had the body suit on, when he was kind of towards being done, he wanted to get some T-shirts and a and a book she wrote or something. So I took him over there and it was summertime. I'm wearing this t-shirts, you know, my arms are tattooed. This guy's wearing shorts and a tank top and he's covered. And not one of those people even acknowledged the fact that we had tattoos or weren't even curious who did them right. or anything. They just like, Oh, you want a t-shirt? Okay. That'll be $25. That's yeah. the only thing they fucking cared about, you know? Right. It was so weird. Huh? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you did tattoos on Gillette, right? Jim Gillette. Didn't yes. you do those? You remember him, Nick Nitro singer? Nitro, Jim, yeah. Jim Gillette. Yeah, no, he ended up hooking up a league of sport for a while. I think they had a kid together. Yeah, well, he had two sleeves of flames going up his arms. I believe that you did. Is that correct? Uh, yes. And the one sleeve I did. His record company, uh, he was talking about getting this arm sleeve with this fire. And and the record company said, well, we're we're doing a video tomorrow. If you can get it done today, like before the video, we'll pay for it. That's all. I tattooed him. I did that fire on an arm for 12 hours. Yeah, that that is crazy. (laughs) I I remember you telling me the story. That's why I brought it up. And I can imagine sitting there 12 hours. 12 hours, wow. And the whole time he says, I can break glass with my voice. And I go, well, that's nice. Sit still. Let's <laughs> <laughs> finish. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. 
All right, Greg. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us tonight. Um, oh, well, thank you. The pleasure is all mine, really. Yeah, thank, thanks for coming this, on the uh, show. It's my, my life has just been so up and down lately that, you know, I'm glad I got to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, and I want to get out there. I was, you know, I was talking to the wife tonight about, because um, I, I have on, I'm sure you don't remember, you've done it so long ago, but my arm, I've got a spot on my inner arm that I want to get filled in. Okay. And then maybe something on the other arm, but, uh, you know, then shit hit the fan when I was planning on coming out there, but, uh, Oh yeah. What part of South Carolina you live in? I'm over in Myrtle beach. Oh, okay. My old friend, uh, had some tattoo shops down there, mm-hmm. but I think he sold them. His well, name was, uh, what the hell is his name? They did all this flash called, uh, uh, Cherry Creek or stuff. He made a bunch of money off that. Mm-hmm. He's the one actually opened uh, Myrtle Beach because it was closed for a while from the county or something. Uh-huh. And he spent like fucking million dollars with lawyers and stuff and got it opened. For tattooing? Oh, J.D. Crow is his name. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if he's still here, but whenever uh, things, you know, get a little calmed down, I'll, I'll hit you up and we'll see if we can uh, wherever you're at, okay. and I'll come out to you or We'll figure it out. Well, that sounds good. You got my email, my number, so yeah, we'll just if we plan it like I would say about six weeks in advance, it should be no problem. I mean, okay. I'm not that busy right now, but mm-hmm. that's you know that seems to work for everybody. So yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do it. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, you take care out there. I hope okay. everything works out for you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, man. And then uh, yeah, I'll be in touch. Well, good talking to you guys. And yep. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you again. All right, All thanks, right, Greg. Thanks, Greg. All right, man. See okay, you. Bye, guys. Take, bye. Take care. That's all for this week. Join us next week for another episode of the Rock and Roll and Coffee Show podcast. Available on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.